0: Welcome to SoZo's Podcast, a student ministry of Victory Family Church located in Cranberry Township, PA. We're glad you're here. We meet every Wednesday night from 630 to 830. Ah. Check us out on Instagram at SoZoYTH. Hey, hey, SoZo. How are you guys? That was awesome. iPad is not working with me today. Okay, all right. So for those of you who don't know me, my name is Alyssa. I'm Ben's wife, so I'm not just somebody random. But I'm excited to be with you guys today. I love speaking to you. You guys are you guys are a lot of fun. And for those of you who are new, I want you to know that you belong and that you're family. And so as soon as you walk through your doors, through those doors, sorry, you are accepted, you are loved. I don't care what place you're at in life, you belong whenever you walk in here. And we believe that as you're in church service, you're in worship, you're listening to the message, you're in small groups, that you're going to grow in your relationship with Christ, and it's just going to keep going and getting better and better. So let's go ahead and we're going to pray, and I'm going to jump into this. Father God, I just thank you so much for this message today. God, I just ask that you impact each and every individual in here, that you would just speak to their hearts whatever it is that they need to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. So Ben gave me free reign on this message today, meaning he said, I don't have a topic for you. You can pick whatever topic that you want, which is maybe scary for him. But um, so I got to pick what topic I wanted. And so when I was praying about this message, I really wanted to be intentional and speak what God wanted to speak to you guys. And so when I was praying about this, um, I just really felt like there's people in here who are struggling, that there's people in here who are in a lot of pain. And I'm not talking about physical pain, even though there's a lot of you on crutches, which I'm not really sure what that's about. But I felt like people in here have a lot of inner turmoil, a lot of struggle, hurt, anxiety, depression. I don't know what it is. But whatever it is, it's a negative emotion. And I know that whenever you come here, that you're just looking for that rest. You're looking for that, that peace, that relief from the inner turmoil that you are experiencing. And you just want something else, but you're not really sure how to get it. So I'm believing today that that's going to change. Because God doesn't want you to stay stuck in the position that you're in. He doesn't want you to stay in the hurt that you're in because he has more for you. So I tell you this. Because I want you to expect that God is going to speak to you. That he is going to release you from that pain that you have. He's going to heal that that secret spot, that hidden place in your heart that needs healed. He's going to restore what needs restored. Because God wouldn't give me a message just for me to come up here and blab to you. God gave me a message because he wants something to happen. There's fruit that's going to come from this. So get ready because whatever it is, God is going to do something big. So be expecting. So my focus today is going to be peace. And the message the title of my message is if you're taking notes, peace is closer than you think. And I want you to turn to John 16:31. And this is from the Passion Translation. And in these verses, Jesus is actually talking to his disciples, and it's right before he's about to be crucified. So, you know, if somebody is about to die, they're going to say the most important things. They're going to tell you what they absolutely need to tell you. So this is so important. And he wants his disciples, his friends, to be prepared for the future that they're about to experience. And he says this, and now you finally believe in me. And the time has come when you will be scattered, and each one of you will go your own way, leaving me alone. Yet I am never alone, for the Father is always with me. And everything I've taught you is so that the peace which is in me will be in you, and will give you great confidence as you rest in me. For in this unbelieving world you will experience trouble, and you will experience sorrows. But you must be courageous, for I have conquered the world. So I don't know if any of you guys are like me, but whenever I get stressed out, whenever I get frustrated, whenever I get nervous, my mind kind of stops functioning. It kind of shuts down on me. I, I say kind of weird things because I can't think right. I forget things. Nothing, nothing comes out right. It's just it's a hot mess. And so I can think of this one time that this was extremely obvious, and I was trying to get Mila and I to church And that doesn't sound stressful, but if you know me, you know that I'm always late. I never can arrive anywhere on time. I don't know what's wrong with me, but I just, I can't get there on time. So I have to lie to myself and say, okay, you have to be here 15 minutes earlier than you actually have to be. And when you add a toddler into that mix, it makes it even worse. You know. Mm -hmm. So there's this one time that I thought Mila and I were in the clear. I thought we were going to be able to get out the door on time. And so she's ready. I'm ready. I just need to get her bag together. I need to find my keys. I need to find my phone. That's all I need to do. And then as I'm getting stuff together, I realize it's really quiet in my house. And if you have kids, if you've been around kids, you know that when they are quiet, that means that something bad is happening. And so I'm looking for her, and I'm like, Mila, where'd you go? And I look in our kitchen or in our dining room, and she's hiding behind a chair. And I'm like, oh, gosh, here we go. And so she's hiding behind this chair. Her little face is red. She's quiet. She's not moving. She's not answering me. And I know what is happening in that diaper of hers. And a couple minutes later, I get the whiff of the smell across my nose. And my fears are confirmed. She has done her business. And so I'm like, okay, we got to do this. we got to get that diaper changed. So I go to get her. I go to pick her up. But Mila knows that whenever she does that, I immediately change her diaper. So she runs away really fast, screaming, no, 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 no. And if you see Mila run, she goes like this. But it's super cute when she does it. I just look weird. And so she's running down the hall screaming, no, 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 no. And I'm trying to get her, and I think I almost have her, but then she does a ninja roll. And she gets out of my arms, and I'm like, okay. But then I grab her, and I pick her up, and she's still doing this down the hallway screaming, no, 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 no. And I get her on the changing table, and I still haven't won because she's still trying to squirm. And so I sing the ABCs to her to get her to calm down and twinkle, twinkle, little star. So I've changed her. I think peace has been restored in my home once again. And I put her down and I'm like, okay. I worked up a sweat during that, so I needed to go in my room, put on more deodorant, spray myself some more. And I come out to finish doing what I had originally started to do, and all of a sudden I hear her say kaka, kaka, and kaka in our house means yucky. And she shows me her hands. And on those little hands of her of hers are baby goo, that's what I call it. So What is baby goo, you may be asking. Really nobody knows. It's this undefinable nasty stickiness that babies get on their hands. A lot of times it's in the middle of their fingers. Not sure if it's peanut butter, not sure if it's boogers, not sure if it's spit mixed with dirt. We're not really sure what it is. But all I know is it's on her little hands. And so I grab a wipe to go get those hands cleaned real quick. But before I can make it to her, she goes like this. Right through her little pigtails. And I'm like, girl, what are you doing to me? I am not changing your pigtails. You are not getting a bath. So I grab a wet rag and I just scrub her little head and to get all that baby goo out. And I think, okay, you look a little greasy, but we're going to church. So I pick her up because she's going in the crib now. I am going to make it out the door because it's already past my limit and I got to get out there. I'm getting a little bit frustrated. I feel the stress. Hopefully I didn't have a meeting that I need to be at. And so I'm like, okay, Mila's ready. Her bag is ready. Check. My keys, got it. My wristlet, got it. Where is the phone? And I can't leave my house without my phone because I I can't be disconnected. What if a major disaster happens? What if I get in a car accident? What if somebody needs to get a hold of me? I cannot leave the house without the phone. It is too important. So I start to go through everything. I start to rip open her bag. I start to take off all the couch cushions. I go in my bedroom. I lift up the sheets. I'm going through everything, and I'm frantic, and I'm like, where is my phone? And all of a sudden I'm thinking, hmm. My hand has been preoccupied this whole time. Meanwhile, the phone has been here the entire time. And so sometimes whenever we get frazzled, when we get distracted, we miss what's already, what we already have is right in front of us. We miss what we already have. And in John 16, it says that we have that peace because of Jesus. And if he's with us and he's inside of us, that also means that peace is with us. So no matter where you go, no matter what you do, no matter what situation that you are in, if you are a child of Christ, wherever you go, peace goes because Jesus is on the inside of you. So no matter what situation you step into, you already bring peace to that situation because you are there. And wherever you are, peace is there. But sometimes we forget that. And so during anxious times, when we're fearful, when we're frustrated, when we're struggling with something, we sometimes end up looking for stuff that we never lost. We start wandering in areas that we've been freed from. We start going to other sources to look for that peace, to look for the things that we already have. And so if there's somebody in here who feels like you've lost your peace, or if you feel like you don't have enough peace, or you're desperate to find more, I want you to tell you that, I, that you have more peace in your life than you think you do. You have more peace than you ever thought that you could. But maybe you need to start asking the Holy Spirit to open your eyes and show you just how much peace that you have. Maybe you forgot about it. Maybe you haven't learned how to access it yet. But if you lost your peace, then that would mean that Jesus Christ would have had to have abandoned you. And let me tell you that that's never going to happen. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will never leave you high and dry. He will always be with you. So as long as you have Jesus in your life, you have peace. So if if you thought you lost your peace... You didn't. And so maybe you're wondering okay, Alyssa, you tell me that I have this peace if I'm a Christian, but why am I not feeling it? Why don't I have it? So you get a peace deposit whenever you get saved, but then there's something else that you have to do, and that's finding your peace in Jesus daily. And so what that looks like is no matter what situation you go through, no matter what situation you find yourself in, you know that you have God with you. You know that you have peace with you. And despite what hardship you're walking in, you have faith. And you get this when you talk with Jesus daily, when you begin to know his voice, when you know his tempo, when you know what it feels like to be surrounded by him. And this is when you have so much peace that you can access it at any time, that you can give it away to anybody and you can just, it's overflowing and it's just coming out of you. Because God didn't give us peace so that we would make it to heaven and that someday we would be like, oh, all my struggles are gone. I feel good now. But no, God wants us to live differently today. He doesn't want your obstacles to hinder you. He doesn't want that pain in your life to stop you from what God has called you to because God has called you to more. And he wants you to succeed in everything that he's given you. But most importantly, God doesn't want you to be in pain. But you need to know what you have access to in order to fully use it. So my first point for you is you have all the peace that you need. You have all the peace that you need. But I want you to know that you have as much access to the peace of God as anybody else. So it doesn't matter what preacher you see, what pastor, what Bible character, whoever it is, you have as much access to peace as they do. They are not more special than you. You have it. But you know what you have to do? You have to be the one that puts in the The labor. You have to be the one that puts in the time. You have to be the one that's going to God each and every single day and saying, Lord, show me. Lord, show me how I should live. Show me how to get peace. Show me how to do this. Show me how to live this life. Teach me your ways. And if you're not spending time with God every day and you're struggling, I'm going to tell you that that is your first step. Because I've been to retreats. I've been to conferences. I've been to many church services. And they all were wonderful and they were great. But if you are not spending time with God daily, that's where it happens. Because I would never give up my one-on-one time with God to go to all these conferences because that's when I've gotten the most freedom. That's when I've gotten the most healing. That's whenever I've gotten the most time with him, and I've gotten to know him even more. That is where the magic happens. And so if you're just coming to church once a week and you think that is enough, I'm going to tell you it's not. And every time I'm up here, I'm going to tell you how much you need that. Because if you're not doing that, you will never grow as a Christian. Because how you are privately is how you'll be seen publicly. So you need to step out. If you want to get to that next level, if you want to go higher in your relationship with God, you need to spend time with him each and every day. And it's gotten me through so much. And so years and years ago, before I was with Ben, I was in a relationship, and the guy that I was with, he was abusive. And so he was abusive in more ways than one, but the one way that he was abusive was he was verbally abusive. And so he would tell me that I needed to look a certain way. I'd have to wear my hair a certain way. I'd have to be under a certain weight. I'd have to dress a certain way in order to be pretty enough for him. And he, made me, he convinced me that I needed to be this certain type of woman in order to be enough. And so during that relationship, I developed a lot of anxiety. And luckily, I got out of that relationship But even after the relationship was over and I was out of the abuse, the abuse wasn't out of me. The lies were not out of me. The pain was not out of me. It was still in there. And I thought that time would heal it, but unfortunately, that's a lie. And so time had passed, and at the time I was in grad school, and I was in class. And I went to grad school to be a counselor, by the way. So I'm in the middle of class. And I'm sitting amongst these other counselors when all of a sudden I get a full-blown panic attack. And if you've never had a panic attack before, it's horrible. You feel like you're going to die because you feel like you can't breathe. Your chest closes or you feel like you, your chest is tight. Your throat is closing. You feel like you can't get enough air. And your limbs go kind of numb. You feel very sweaty. You just you feel overwhelmed. And so I was embarrassed because I'm sitting there, soon-to-be counselor amongst other counselors, and I should have it together, but I don't. And so I quickly get up and I go to the bathroom to throw some cooled water on my face, get myself calmed down. And I knew after I had that that this was an indicator that I needed help. Because, you see, emotions aren't a map that we need to take a step-by-step guide. Emotions are more so a compass that direct us to what's going on on the inside. And so that panic attack that day showed me that I needed help. And so my first step was I went to therapy. My second step was I told my closest friends about what, was, what I was dealing with. But my third step, and this was the most, most helpful, was I went to God for my healing. I asked him. I said, God, show me what I need to do. Show me how to be healed. Please heal me. Please take this pain away from me. Because I had been avoiding the, the difficult days that I had. I had been avoiding and in denial of how much anxiety I actually was dealing with. But God since then has become my number one go-to whenever I'm struggling. And so I'm going to ask you to go to Matthew 11:28. And as you read it, I want you to ask yourselves, who do I go to or what do I go to whenever I'm struggling? What do I, where do I go to whenever I need peace? Where do I go to when anxiety strikes? And Jesus says this in Matthew 11:28: Are you weary? Are you carrying a heavy burden? Then come to me and I will refresh your life. I am your oasis. Simply join your life with mine. Learn my ways and you'll discover that I am gentle and I'm humble and I'm easy to please. You'll find refreshment and rest in me. And I want to point something out. In this passage, Jesus, well, in the Bible, Jesus often says, come and follow me. But in this specific text, he says, come follow to me meaning I am your peace I am your healer I am your joy I am enough if you just come to me I will give you everything that you need I will fill that void in your life I will resolve those emotions that are in you that are negative that are pulling you down I will make you so that you are not numb anymore I will take away those suicidal thoughts come to me I will give you everything that you need But when you read that you think okay Jesus That's awesome, but then what? What are my next steps? I come to you. Okay, great, but now what do I do? But Jesus doesn't say anything. In fact, he's silent. And what the silence infers is that he is enough. So my second thing I want you to do is I want you to invite Jesus into your struggles. Invite him into your struggles. Because we need to focus on who we're going on the journey with rather than the destination. We need to focus who we're going on the journey with rather than the destination. So don't set your sights on just getting over the problem, but set your sights on who you're walking through the problem with. Because the Bible says that he will walk with you through deep waters. He will walk with you through the fire. He is just waiting for you to ask him and invite you into that struggle. And he's on the sidelines saying, I am your healer. I am your restorer. I am going to fix all those relationships in your life. I am here. All you have to do is ask me. Just come to me and I will give you all of that. I will fill that void in your heart and I will put your heart back together. I am waiting for you. And oftentimes we're not going to know what this journey looks like, but we have to trust him anyways, because faith is about trusting Jesus during the journey without knowing the exact outcome. But Jesus is going to deal with that root issue, because if you do have anxiety, if you have depression, if you have hopelessness, if you have a lot of sadness, if you feel rejected, if you feel lonely, the list goes on and on. I'm going to tell you there's a root issue, but God can extract that root issue, and he can heal you like that. He can send you in directions you would never go on your own, and he can take you to places that you can't sustain yourself, but he can sustain you. Because Jesus wants to heal you, he wants to take you to that place because he wants to have a miracle in your life. Because only he can give that type of healing that goes deep down, that deep-rooted issue, he's the one that provides that type of healing. But the thing that we also have to remember in all this is peace isn't a feeling, it's not a place, but peace is a person. And so that's my last point for you guys is peace is a person. And if you understand this now, you stop looking for the perfect situation. You stop trying to find the perfect circumstances because you go, okay, if I have this horrible situation, bring it on because I'm going to bring peace to it. If you put me in a hopeless situation, bring it on. I'm going to bring peace to that. If you give me a bad report, I'll bring peace to that. You put me anywhere and I will bring peace to that because wherever Jesus is, I am, and there is where, that is where peace is. So wherever you go, Jesus is there, so therefore peace is there too. So you are the bringer of peace. And I don't want to be a Christian that only functions when everything is going great. When things are awesome, I'm like, okay, I'm doing great. God is good. But when things go bad, then I lose my faith. I don't want to just be that mountaintop Christian that is only functional, when everything is functional in my life. I want to have the faith when the money's gone. I want to have the faith whenever everybody leaves me. I want to have the faith whenever I get the bad report. I want to have the faith no matter what my situation says. Because our faith shouldn't fluctuate based off of what's going on in our lives. Because no matter what, God is good despite what is going on in our lives. He never changes. And God is always good. But like John 16 says... Jesus tells us to expect hardship and to expect sorrows. Because the reality of life is that we're not going to be on the mountaintops. In fact, we're probably going to be on the valleys. And that's not to be negative, but that's to tell you what to expect. And if we can't function when things are going bad, then we... We're not functioning fully as Christians, and we're not going to have our full effect because we're going to let every obstacle, every negative emotion, every circumstance stop us from moving forward in our relationship and in our growth. So I want to function whenever everything is dysfunctional. So anybody in here, I don't know if you guys have this person in your life, but have a person in your life who, when you're struggling or maybe they're struggling, they're kind of like they get all biblical on you and they tell you what the Bible says on how to handle it and you kind of you kind of want to punch them. So Ben is that person in my life. And so if I'm down a day or having a pity party you know, I'm sad, and I want him to sit, and I want him to eat Oreos and watch the Hallmark channel with me, because that's what a good husband does. Just kidding. <laughs> I want him to sit there. I want him to be sad with me, but instead, he comes up to me, and he's like, you know, this is what the Bible says, blah, 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 and James, it says, you should enjoy hardship, blah, 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 and I'm like, Pff. Okay, Mother Teresa, get out of my pity party because I'm enjoying my Oreos and my sadness all by myself with my blankie, so leave. And so, but Ben is actually very supportive, and I need that in my life. I need that because I don't want to stay stuck whenever I'm down. And in fact, I want to be able to get myself up whenever I'm down. I want to remember what the Bible says whenever I'm down. I want to be able to smile when it's raining. I want to be able to worship when I'm losing. I want to be able to love others whenever I'm facing hardship because that's where the peace of God is. God is still good when I'm sick. God is still good when I'm broke. God is still good when I'm alone. God is still good when I feel rejected. So if you're in a season where you feel like the rain is on your face and things aren't going well, I want to tell you there's a better day coming. There's a brighter day coming for you. But why not defy the devil anyways? Why not stand up to him and say, I'm going to worship God anyways. I'm going to love others anyways. I'm going to do what God tells me to do. And I'm going to function fully as a Christian despite what the devil throws my way. Because I am strong and I am able and I am functional in the name of Jesus. But real quick. I want to take a turn, and I want to talk to somebody in here or some people who might be having that deep struggle. For those who maybe have a hard time getting out of bed, maybe the suicidal thoughts come a little bit too often. Where you just, you feel like you just are doing your best to make it through each and every day because so many times in the church it is looked down upon if you struggle but i want you to know that it's okay to struggle there is nothing wrong with not being okay you are not a lesser christian if you struggle we all struggle it just looks differently you're not not praying enough you're not not having enough faith there is nothing wrong with you it's just it's a struggle but i want you to know that we are here to love you and help you through this and so if that is you and you feel like Hey, I, I, I am really struggling. I want you to know that we have resources for you, that our leaders will equip you. Come find me. I will talk to you. I have a list of people to go to. Don't you worry because, you know, therapy is okay. Therapy is good because all answers begin and end with Jesus. But in the middle, therapy is okay. Medication is okay. Support groups are okay. All of that is okay. So I want to take the shame off of you in the name of Jesus if that's you because this is real, and we are here to love you, and we are here to help you. We are not here to push you down, but we are here to help you through a very real struggle, so don't ignore it. Don't let your pride stop you. Come talk to somebody today, because today is the beginning of your healing journey. It ends today, and you are going to move on to better and brighter days. But for those of you who want access to more peace rather than just hearing a cheesy Christian answer, write this down. Control what you can control and pray about the rest. Control what you can, which is your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions. Yes, that's a thing. Your actions, who you're hanging out with, what you're putting in your body, both food, what you're watching on TV, what you're listening to, who you're hanging out with. All of those things are in your control. But what you can't control, you give it up to God back to our beginning verse in John 16, it talks about resting in him. And when we rest in him, that's when we actually trust him. We give him those things that we can't control. And we say, here, you take this. I can't do this anymore. I'm going to trust you with it. And in Philippians 4, 6, it says this, don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell him every single detail of your life. Then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will make the answers known to you through Jesus Christ. So keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic, all that is real, all that is honorable and admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind, and fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising Him always. God's not afraid of your struggles, He's not afraid of your pain. And this passage says to tell Him every single detail. So before you go to Instagram, before you go to your friends, before you go to Snapchat, I want you to pray before you panic. Before you let your mind wander, I want you to pray first. Because whenever we pray, whenever we give it over to him, that's whenever we get peace. That peace that the world can't give, but that only he can give. But it doesn't stop there. We need to pray. We need to give it to him. But then we have to let him still take it. We can't take it back and start to think about all these thoughts on it. We have to control our thoughts because that's how he will fully take it over. So, guys, we're going to go back into worship here in a minute. But I want to do something. And so I'm going to give you the instructions first, and then we're going to do it. So I know that there's people in here who don't have peace in every area of your life. So I don't care if you feel like it's a small thing, if you feel like it's a big thing, if there is any area of your life that is not fully functioning in peace, I'm going to ask those people in one minute to come up here first. I want you to be bold because whenever you have faith and you come before him, it says that we can boldly approach the throne of grace. And when you do, he gives you what you ask for. So I'm going to ask those individuals to come up first, and then I'm going to have everybody else come up around them. And you want to know why that is? It's because we're family. And if somebody in here is having any type of struggle, whether we feel like it's little, whether we feel like it's big, we fight together. And I'm going to pray over those individuals, and then we'll go into worship. So if that's you and you have any area of your life that you don't feel like you have peace in, I want you to come forward, and I want you to stand in the middle, and I want you to be bold. And then I want everybody else to come up around them. And when we go back into worship, I want you guys to be very, very intentional. And whatever it is that's, that you have on the inside, I don't know what emotion, what pain, whatever it is. But I want you to ask God, what is it that is causing the blank? Causing anxiety, causing depression, causing chaos. What, I don't know what it is. You fill in the blank but I want you to ask God and expect for him to answer you because he is about to do something awesome in your life. So thank you guys who were bold enough to come up because God is here. He's gonna move in your life. He is not done. For those of you who maybe weren't too, you didn't have the, the bravery to come up in the middle. That's okay. God is still here. He's still moving. He's still gonna do good things in your life. So I'm gonna go ahead and pray over you guys. And after I pray, you guys can go into worship. Father God, I thank you for these individuals.